It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew. Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events, all centered around our community. Now here's your host, Troy Holden. Good morning and welcome back to the Portland Morning Brew. This is your local Chamber of Commerce podcast where we get to know the community, get to know the people, get to know the activities and things going on. We're uh, very glad this morning to have Ben Minix with us. He's the Director of Habitation and Training Services in Gallatin, better known as HATS. Ben, good morning. Good morning to you. It's great to have you, and we want to learn a lot more about that. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. And uh, are you a uh, Sumner County homegrown person, or did you move in? I, I moved here uh, to Gallatin uh, in 2013. I actually grew up in Mississippi and moved to Nashville in uh, 1994 to attend Trevecca Nazarene University. And I uh, lived in Nashville for, for quite a few years. And then uh, when I got the job here in Gallatin at Hats, uh, uh, liked Gallatin, so I decided to go ahead and move, move here. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm a transplant myself, so I understand that. I came from Rutherford County, and uh, I came up here in uh, night, uh, eh, late 99, early 2000. So been here quite a while now. I like it. Um, so how about, uh, family and, and activities and things you guys like to do? Yeah. So I've been married for uh, about 13 years and I uh, have two children, uh, 12, uh, 12 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. And, uh, life is, uh, is busy. And, uh, my wife works for the uh, Sumner County school system and, uh, uh, my kids are active. And so they keep me busy and, uh, they're my, my late in life kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have one of those myself. I've, I've got, uh, well, he's 19 now, but uh, I've got uh, I've got one that's turning 39 and one that's turning 37 this year. So I know what you mean. This one was 20, uh, 20 years behind, but I've enjoyed the heck out of it. And, and definitely enjoy the 12 and 10-year-olds because when they get to 15 and 17, it really gets interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Keep them, keep them close and everything will be fine. Um, so let's get into the business side of things. I, I've taken a look at the website and tried to get a little bit of a grasp of what's going on, but just let you explain to everyone exactly what HATS is overall, just an overall description of what you guys do. Sure. So HATS uh, is a, uh, has actually been providing services to adults with intellectual disabilities uh, going back to 1976, um, and then they were incorporated in 1978. So a long history here in Sumner County uh, providing services and also uh, started uh, services in Robertson County in uh, the, around the mid-1980s. Uh, but HATS is a, a 501c3 nonprofit provider, and we are contracted with the Tennessee Department of Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, also known as DIDD. And we provide Medicaid waiver services uh, uh, through that contract. And so uh, that contract entails multiple services uh, that we provide. And uh, I think for a long time, people, people know us 
more for the facility that we used to operate, which was a day program uh, in Gallatin. And of course, we all we we operated one in Springfield as well, and that was a program where we we would go and pick up people from from home, and bring them to the center, and they had the choice if they wanted to work on uh, what we called contract work, which was more of a, like a sheltered employment site. So mm-hmm. we would bring in piecework from different companies. And it provided an opportunity for our clients to to earn some money if they cho- if they chose to do that, and it also provided a place for them to uh, work on uh, personal outcomes or personal goals. And out of that program, uh, we provided what was called community uh, it's called community participation now, but it was to get the individuals into the community to integrate them uh, outside of a sheltered employment site. Mm-hmm. So that that program actually closed uh, pretty much when COVID uh, came on the scene, and uh, and of course there's other variables that are, are involved with that program. Uh, the cost to operate a program like that, the the state's reimbursement rates really weren't adequate uh, to cover the cost uh, for that program. Outside of that, uh, we we also have provided a residential program. So we currently operate 13 houses in uh, Portland, uh, Gallatin, and Springfield. So they're all spread out. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that program really is just to provide a a home for the the client um, that they rent. It's their home. They decorate it the way they want. Uh, So we encourage uh, the clients to uh, live life like you and I do to get out into the community and integrate uh, and to be part and contributed, uh, contribute to other local community. And some of them do that in the form of supported employment. Mm-hmm. So we encourage uh, employers to consider hiring people with disabilities. Um, they can be a, a great asset to, the, to their company. So, uh, you know, outside of the residential program, um, supported employment is, is obviously a, a big program that the state pushes and wants to see individuals working in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, of course, recently uh, we, we joined a, a new waiver program, which is called Employment Community First. And I won't get into all the details of that. It's, it can get a little complicated, but we basically operate under two different waivers. And so, um, and, and that waiver is very similar to what I would call the old waiver that we have worked with historically. And so, uh, but outside those waivers, we also provide uh, early intervention in Sumner County. Mm-hmm. And that is a program that serves children from birth uh, up to, typically it's been three years of age, but it can also go up to four. And th- these are children that if they have a developmental delay, that our program can help with that. And so each year that program serves around 400 kids Mm -hmm. uh, and and probably this year, maybe a little bit more than 400 uh, for the year. And and hopefully that program can help that child before they go into the school system. Uh, So uh, we also do family support. Uh, we do family support in Trousdale, Robertson, and, and Sumner County, and that's a program that helps. Uh, it, its focus is really on children and elderly 
people. Um, and it's really designed for uh, those individuals that have a severe lifelong disability. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be uh, an intellectual disability. It could be a physical disability. Uh, but it's designed uh, more or less a financial reimbursement program. So it could help with uh, the purchase of medication, purchase of maybe specific types of therapy. Um, I'll give an example. We had a family that had an autistic child. And so family support dollars were there to help them uh, with build a fence so the child would not wander off when playing in the backyard. Oh, so again, it's not just for intellectual disabilities. It can be for physical disabilities as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned you went to Treveca. Was this uh, a focus of your study to get into something like this, or did you start in a different path? I had no in, This was not on my radar when, mm-hmm. when I was in college. Uh, actually, I, I wanted to get into law enforcement. And uh, uh, so when I got out of college, I kind of wandered around a little bit and uh, I had some friends that worked for a facility or or a provider just like HATS in Nashville. And I needed insurance and I needed full-time work. So I went over there where they they worked and uh, that's kind of how it got started. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I worked there for a little while and uh, eventually worked for HATS in our Springfield location in in the late 90s and then left and went to grad school. uh, And then I ended up becoming a abuse and neglect investigator for uh, the state department that we're contracted with. Mm -hmm. So I was with them for seven years. And what our office did at that time was we investigated abuse and neglect allegations uh, for contracted providers, uh, just like hats. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we would work along with uh, local law enforcement or state law enforcement to investigate some uh, serious allegations, uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a call one day from somebody asking me if I would be interested in applying for the director position uh, for hats. And I said, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it. And um, so it was one of those things I prayed about. And, and, and I think God worked on me and, and I just had a complete turnaround and, and decided uh, that, yeah, I think I'll, I'll look into this. And, uh, and, and here I am. And I'm glad I did it. It's been very rewarding and uh, work with a, a fantastic group of people uh, who provide me with a lot of, of support a lot of longtime employees, which are, you, you don't see that much anymore. Very true. Yeah, yeah, very true. I noticed on the website, they were soliciting for board members. Is that still ongoing? And maybe we could touch a little on that. Yeah, we could, we could use a few more board members. Uh, we have a, a core group of board members that have served uh, for a long time and, and have given their, their time. It's a volunteer board. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, if if, if uh, it's a diverse group, uh, so we have individuals on the board that come from different uh, career backgrounds, mm-hmm. and 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 that's very helpful. They bring different perspectives to the different issues or problems that uh, sometimes we encounter. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend to anybody listening that if you would be interested in, in being a board member, perhaps uh, to to contact me, and they can contact me directly at the six one five. Uh, 575-1032 phone number. That's my direct office number. Okay. 
Okay. Now, how can the community pitch in and help? Uh, can they donate? Can they volunteer? Uh, what are some of the things a community can do if they uh, have a lead to help with something like hats? Well, right now, the biggest need that we have is staff. We, we really are short-staffed. Uh, so the, the historically, we refer to uh, people that work with our clients as caregivers, uh, but we actually use uh, uh, the term direct support professional, a DSP. And it's not that they're, they're there to give hands-on care. The DSP is really there to provide uh, support because a lot of our individuals that we work with are very um, outgoing, they're very active, and uh, I think there's a, mis- a misperception of uh, our individuals are, are bedridden and there's a lot of hands-on care and that's really not the case. So I guess the way the community can help us is that if you're looking for a job, you know, please consider HATS. If you uh, know people, if they could spread the word that we are in need of DSPs, uh, we, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, as far as volunteer opportunities, we do have volunteers uh, throughout the year that help us with different things. And one of the big needs that we do have is uh, landscaping or um, facility upkeep. Uh, we, we operate uh, several facilities. We have 13 houses that we operate. We have one maintenance coordinator, and sometimes that can be a challenge uh, to do all that needs to be done. So, mm-hmm. um if there's people listening that, uh, you know, maybe they have a skill that they, they could share with us, whether it's uh, we've got a couple of projects where we need somebody to help us with a little bit of drywall work. Uh, it could be painting, you know, things like that. It could be outdoor landscaping. So mm-hmm. there, there's usually always an opportunity like that to help us out. Well, good. And that, uh, that'll that make you feel good. It's always great to go volunteer and help others. It just It's good for the heart and soul and uh, always brings a blessing in some other way. Um, let's be sure we tell everybody how to reach out to you guys, find you on websites or social media, or, or just even, as you said earlier, a phone call. Let's be sure we get all that out there before we go. So let them know how to find you. Yeah, so our website is uh, hatstn, H-A-T-S-T-N.org. And uh, we're also, we also have a Facebook page. And uh, our main phone number is 615-451-0974. Or again, you can contact me directly at 615-575-1032. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you're doing in the community. And uh, I'm glad you got that call to come to Gallatin. I think that's working (laughs) out great. Sometimes we, we listen to when he calls us and sometimes we don't, but I'm glad you paid attention to that call. We want to wish you all the best and good luck in in seeking out some staff. That's something we hear a lot, not just from this type of of work, but from everything right now. I think, uh, as we all know, COVID has just played havoc on things, and we're going to be recovering from that for a long time. But thank you so much, and we wish you the best of luck and appreciate your time and uh, joining us here on The Morning Brew. Thank you, Troy. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening, and join us again soon.